It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornshane. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley right here in Colorado Springs. And I am so excited that you are tuning in today. With me in the studio is Mike Mallinger. Mike, so good to have you on the program again. It's good to be back again, John. Well, we are excited because we have a very special guest here in the studio, Mr. Wade Wilson. And Wade, you have been with us in the past and have shared so many journeys from the front lines. For those of you listening who have not had an opportunity to hear Wade, and his story and his testimony, you are in for a treat today because Wade it really comes with so many uh, just stories from the front line that are convicting and tear-jerking and exciting. And so I, I want you to hear directly from Wade. Wade is a registered diagnostic medical sonographer, and he specializes in maternal fetal medicine. He's an ultrasound instructor for the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates and for Soundview Imaging. He travels all across the country training registered nurses in pro-life pregnancy resources all across the country. And he tells them how to run obstetrical ultrasounds. I hope I said that correctly, Wade, and you can correct me all along through this journey. And he is out there to combat the lie that pre-born are nothing more than a clump of cells. Wade works with Optional Ultrasound to focus on the family. He was featured in their video, I Had No Idea It Was a Baby. It was viewed over 362,000 times and counting. Wade was also featured as a narrator during last week's big event in New York, Alive from New York, Alive in New York. It was focused focused on the family's huge, spectacular event uh, for the pro-life movement, over 20,000 spectators there in Times Square and thousands more watching from all around the world. Wade, it is so good to have you on Engage in Truth. It is good to be back. Well, we're thrilled to have you because I want I want you just to share a little bit of your journey with us here today because there's probably folks who are hearing from you for the very first time. Uh, you have uh, really been such an advocate in the pro-life ministry Tell us how God got you started in this, because this isn't just something that happened yesterday. This has been a, quite a journey. Right. And listening to that intro, when you, uh, when you think about where God had me and where God has brought me, it is just amazing. Um, my journey started with a woman in crisis that I didn't do the right thing for her. Um, I assisted her, um, facilitated her in having an abortion. It was not... Um, it was not my baby. It was a friend of mine. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was helping a woman in crisis. Here's a, here's a, a, a really good friend of mine's girlfriend basically in trouble, and she needed my help. And that was what society told me was how to help her, was mm. to do whatever she wanted to do, which was to end that pregnancy. Um, you know, my testimony is long um, and still continuing, but it basically amounts to God putting me in situations um, whether it be my career in ultrasound, which I ended up being uh, specializing in, in women's studies and obstetrics, which is, you know, as you know, I'm a man, and that, that kind of puts me in a, in a unique position. I always say that I, you could consider me a unicorn. Um, <laughs> a man in the pro-life mission is um, usually not um, on the front lines as far as direct patient care. Um, but God put me in that situation. He made me good at um, looking at babies, giving tours um, of babies to to moms, um, and 
in that, in, during that journey, I, I, I didn't understand why God put me in that situation. Um, you know, I have friends that are in the military, and I have friends who are plumbers and carpenters, and they work with their hands, and I work with women in crisis. Um, for the longest time, I worked in a hospital setting where I was somebody who contributed to the pro-abortion side of things and the fact that I looked for babies with genetic anomalies so that the doctor could have the conversation of whether or not that mom should abort. Hmm. And most of the time, that conversation leaned towards abortion. Um, I didn't feel like that was... I I always prayed to God, and I said, why did you make me good at this? And Hmm. 17, 18 years later, he he showed me in a big way why. Wow. Wade, you mentioned that you're a man, and you, you basically work in what many will consider a woman's world. Now, does that ever present itself as advantage or a disadvantage? Well, early on in my career, I, I looked at it as a disadvantage because, well, my professor in ultrasound school, you know, 20 years ago said, you know, it looks to me like you are looking to gravitate towards OBGYN, and no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. They'll never hire you. You're a man. Uh, I found that um, throughout my career, there were moments, but what it also did was it go, going through the the hospital or medical center um, versus the pro-life pregnancy center, um, it taught me how to be very aware, especially now in what we what they refer to as the Me Too movement. You know, I'm very aware of 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 the the of my place as a man in a woman's world, especially doing what can be considered intimate um, examinations. So, but I think that it, it's an, it's an advantage to me now because it gives me a different perspective. The other, the other part of the advantage to that is, is that a lot of these women that come in have never met a man, a a Christ centered man who will look them in the eye and, and show them the love and grace that Jesus Christ showed us without wanting something from them. Hmm. As sad as that sounds, that that's the truth. And so I look at it like it's I'm not just a a registered diagnostic medical sonographer. I'm an ambassador for Christ and I'm an I'm an ambassador for my gender in the fact that I want to show these women that not all men are out to get them or out to to right. take advantage of them. Yeah. And it's some women have never had a man look them straight in the eye and tell them that they are, they're worthy and they can do this. I, I, I tell every woman that I meet in the clinical setting that I think God should have, they should have been born with a cape because they're all superheroes as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Um, and so in the beginning, I thought it was a disadvantage. Um, but in the end, I look at it as a huge advantage. And I also have to look at it in the fact that God put me in this position for a reason. And he, took me out of my comfort zone because mm-hmm. I could have very well easily gone into, you know, uh, studies of the heart. Right. You know, instead I, he put me in matters of the heart. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, there's this, uh, kind of this underlining theme in all of this where we find ourselves either one camp or the other. And there's probably some folks out there on the fence about this whole thing and saying, well, I'm not uh, pro-abortion. I'm not pro-life. Uh, I, you know, just want to, you know, walk the line of the middle here. And, hmm. and it, it, being such an advocate for life that you are, what does pro-life ministry mean to you? Well, there's, there's multiple aspects of the pro-life ministry. And, and I, I, I look at it like it's pro-life 
has has been pigeonholed as being the preborn mm-hmm. babies. And it really has multiple aspects in it, whether it be special needs, whether it be end of life for the elderly, how we how we advocate for life in general. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why it's become such a a uh, lightning rod issue um, and people are on the fence is because there, there's that argument of when does life begin. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think science has proven that life begins at conception. And I think that ultrasound helps prove that. Right. Um, but is when I, when I say I get on a plane and I'm going to a, a training and somebody sits down and they ask me, why, why are you pro-life? What does pro-life mean to you? Because a lot of times people think of pro-life, pro-lifers, if you will, as Mm pro-birthers. They just want the baby born and they don't care about what happens to the mom or the baby afterwards. And anybody who says that to me is somebody who's uneducated and and has not researched the the topic because, and they've never been into a a pregnancy resource center Mm -hmm. because that's all pregnancy resource centers do is help moms and families with whether it be earning money, what we call baby bucks, to uh, to purchase those things that they feel like they can't purchase because, of, for whatever reason, their financial situation, parenting classes, um, they they offer all sorts of adoption counseling. Um, so, to me, pro life it encompasses everything, right? Not just the baby. Yeah, the whole family. The whole family. Really? Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the per- current political climate, you know, you're a man, you have no say-so in this decision. <laughs> right. Um, where do you think the pro-life movement sits right now? And how important is it to get that pregnant woman in for an ultrasound before they go to the abortion clinic? Okay, well, I'll start with the second part of that question first. So how important is it to get the woman in crisis into the ultrasound or to see their baby on ultrasound? The statistics have proven that 89% of women that see their baby on ultrasound choose life, mm-hmm. abortion-minded or abortion-vulnerable women. Um, and that is something that I don't think is a coincidence that about the time that ultrasound became more prevalent was also about the time that Roe v. Wade was passed in 1973. Right. Um, I also don't think that it's too much of a coincidence that I was born in 1973 and my name's Wade, but... That's, you know, neither here nor there. But as far as getting a woman on that table and just showing her it's combating the lie that it is a clump of cells and therefore doesn't have a soul and and is it's not a big deal if you remove that. Hmm. And so when they see that as early as five weeks, five days, in which that's as early as we can see a baby with a beating heart, that it is a uh, the, the answer I get most of the time is. Well, that's a baby, mm. and I, and it 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 makes my heart leap mm. because I I'm part of that. God's allowed me to use this technology to show that, but it also makes me sad because they bought into the lie that it's not a baby at that stage, right. and it's actually a baby way before that stage. It's just that technology hasn't caught up, and we can't see it before that. It'll start happening. Um, so it it is vital, not only for the for the mom's health to make sure the baby's in the right place. You know, if it's not in the right place, it can be detrimental to mom. It can be, it's definitely de- deadly to mom, to baby, but it can be deadly to mom. Um, but the, where do I 
think the pro-life movement is and where do I think it's going. Uh, we, we're blessed with a probably the most pro-life administration that we've ever seen in Washington. And with the nomination or the, or the uh, you know, placement of Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, First of all, I'm not really concerned too much about whether Roe v. Wade gets overturned. To me, it's a soul-to-soul situation. Um, I want a woman to choose life because she wants to choose life, mm. because she sees it's a life, not because the government tells her that she can't terminate that baby. Um, I want my grandkids to come to me and say, Grandpa, did you know that there's a law on the books that says that you can kill your baby? I didn't know that because it's it's so unnecessary. It's so people it's it's so you know unfathomable that they that somebody would want to do that. Right. And it's not that these that these women that we want to get on the ultrasound table are evil by any stretch of the imagination. There's just as much victims as the babies themselves. And that's the sad part about this is that they've been they've bought into a, a lie that they can't do it. Mm. There's no help. And it doesn't matter anyway because it's not even a real baby. And so God has given us this fantastic ability to show that truth on the screen. And we don't even have to say anything. That statistic doesn't say that 90, 89% of women choose life after they see their baby on ultrasound after the, the sonographer gives a great gospel message. Right. It is that beating heart and that moving baby. And sometimes it's not even a good image. Hmm. It is... It is just God shining through that screen. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's the enthusiasm that we have for the, the entire process. You know, um, I mean, save the mom, save the baby. That's yeah. the way we look at it. You know, I, I, I'm a little controversial in the fact that I look at it like, I think, to be honest with you, that the pro-life movement focuses too much on the baby and not enough on the mom. Um, mm-hmm. And I say that because in the end, it's what happens is God's will and the salvation of mom. You know, I know a lot of people that had, have made poor choices and through that poor choice, they accepted Christ and Christ's redemption. And the beautiful thing about that is, is that if once mom understands the truth and, and forgiving, forgiving grace of Christ, she will be reunited with that baby. Yeah. So pro-life to me is, like you said, the entire family. Right. It's not just yeah. about the baby. I, if I could snap my fingers and save every baby, I, I 100% would. Yeah. But the truth is, is that we're not going to be able to do that. And so who do we have left? We have the mom. Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that's my mission. Yeah, it starts yeah. there and you're doing an incredible work. I know that yeah. there's so many, uh, not only moms, but fathers Amen. That, uh, many fathers yeah. will be there in the waiting room yes. and have absolutely no idea. Maybe they've never been fathered themselves. Yes. So the daunting feeling of, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the overwhelming sensation of I have no idea what I'm going to do. Where do I right. turn? And of course, that's what our uh, pregnancy centers do. It used to be the crisis pregnancy centers. Now they're just pregnancy centers, right. and they're a resource to the entire family and the stories of hope and mm-hmm. redemption through that. That they don't just simply send them home with a few items and have a nice day, but rather a ministering to the heart, the individual, right. the whole walk thereafter. They, yep, they walk the Powerful. journey with them. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I think that's important to reinforce, that yes. we care about their life, because it is a life ministry, right? Yes. So we, 
from from conception all the way to the last breath, they have value in yes, the eyes sir. of our, our Father who has intentionality from the womb through every step. In fact, uh, the psalmist tells us that, mm-hmm. that every step that he had ordered mm-hmm. before one of them came to be, that this is a God who gives him purpose and intentionality for every single life. And the fact that you are then an advocate for that of saying, you have value. There's a creator who loves you Amen. and wants to have a relationship with you. You're formed in his image mm-hmm. and he was willing to send his own son to die for you. He loves you that Amen. much and he has a home prepared for you Amen. and a mission before you. Boy, what a what a message of hope! Yes, and being right there on the front lines. Now you, you were in, with in this whole endeavor that took place. What a, an amazing project there in New York City! A two hour event, twenty thousand spectac- spectators, thousands more online watching, and God used you. Not only had you had this incredible ministry with Option Ultrasound and and working and doing the videos for Focus on the Family and helping to train and equip people all around the world, but he used you in this capacity with no fame to yourself. Your name yeah. doesn't even pop up on the screen. They hear right. your voice talking about this child. And then there's a, an ultrasound that people see live. And it's like you could have heard a pin drop in New York City as that heart was beating yes. Abby Johnson's baby yes. in the womb. Amazing. Amazing story. Yeah. Now, just remind our listeners, when does that occur? When do they hear the heartbeat? When will they see that on the screen? So hearing and seeing are two different things. And okay. th- this is another miracle of God. So one of the things because of – now, there have, there, there's no studies that show there's any ill effects to the fetus, to the baby, with audible heartbeats or with, with ultrasound. But we, in the pregnancy – in the pro-life pregnancy centers, we're, we're looking for, to answer three questions. Is baby in the uterus? Does baby have a heartbeat? And how far along is baby? Now, in order to answer that second question, does baby have a heartbeat, we don't have to hear it. There's, because in order to hear that heartbeat, we have to, we have to magnify or amplify the power output of the mm. machine. Okay. We don't need to do that. So, right. But the beautiful thing about the technology and with God in the room and God filling the atmosphere and God spilling out of that screen is that when asked what the most impressive part of the ultrasound was even though they've they've we don't do an audible heartbeat they don't hear the heartbeat Mm. they say when i heard the baby's heartbeat on the surveys when they leave we show it to them now the earliest that we can show it to them is five weeks five days and it's about the size of a grain of rice so uh yeah so the idea that even though they aren't hearing it in their mind they are that's how that's how powerful and that's the miracle that you know, to, to them, God is allowing them to hear hear that heartbeat. Did you ever think there would be a day where we'd have to have a governor like what took place in Georgia just recently to have to protect the unborn that when the heart is beating, now it's alive? That this is this is how far we've come in our culture, that somehow we have to define life by when the heart beats. And you were saying earlier that the life began well before that. Yes, and that's well it's a huge mm-hmm. stepping stone to trying to re-educate the culture of the value of life. And, and we're having to see that now across the board. That, right. I mean, you know, people will give a, a helping hand to somebody a little more uh, earnestly when they understand that life has value. They're, right. they're going to be willing to help at the senior retirement homes and they understand that these lives still have value. There's right. a re-education of the value of life 
that this whole culture of eugenics that's buying into and this lie being perpetuated in schools. And it concerned me because, Mike, we were looking at the video the other day of those kids being told that this mass within the uterus was attributed like cancer. Right, yeah, like right. A cell. It's I a mean, blob. Right. It's a blob. It's right. just a group of cells. It's nothing. And that's so easy to combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just show them the ultrasound, which was the whole point behind Alive in, in New York, was yeah. to show that baby and to show people that this is what this is. Now, you asked me, did I ever think that we would need that? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I've worked in the medical field. I've worked in, the, in high-risk obstetrics. And yes. Now, my worry with the heartbeat bill is that th- that opens the door for before, before we can see the heartbeat. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's almost like if you reverse engineer it and you look at it from that, from their perspective, because surgical abortions are going down, mm-hmm. but that's because me- uh, chemical abortions chemical. are going up. Yes. Mm. And so what's going to happen eventually is you're going to be able to Skype with your doctor, show them your positive pregnancy test. They're going to then be able to send you the abortion pill through the mail, and they're going to be able to do it in their house, and nobody's ever going to know. Now, wow. Unplanned, the movie Unplanned, showed that that's not just as simple as they make it sound. It's a horrible experience. There's a lot of bleeding for multiple days. But it still keeps it under lock and key, where there's not a Planned Parenthood that you can go and, and protest, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's all under, you know. And so wow. the heartbeat bill, although I feel is necessary, I, I, I'm not saying that, um, I think though that it kind of puts, okay, well, if we don't see a heartbeat, if right. you're five weeks, four days, then you can go ahead and, you know, we can tell you're pregnant at five weeks, four days. We just can't see it. Hmm. So if, as long as there's no heartbeat, the, the pro-life movement said that was okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right. So you got to look at it from that aspect of it. Um, but did I ever think that that was, that was going to be necessary? Oh yeah. 100%. I, I've worked for doctors that would come in and um, a woman would, would not have the money to have a third trimester pregnancy uh, a, a, a abortion, and they would inject the baby with, with potassium chloride in the heart and tell her to go to the emergency room later on and say that she couldn't feel her baby move, and it would be documented as a stillborn. That's how militant these folks are. So, mm. yes, I, we, we, I think we now is the time we have to stand up. Mm. You know, Unplanned has brought a lot of people out of the woodwork, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that this was going on or that my church wasn't being active in that. And now tours and pregnancy centers are going up because people are now going, wait a minute, I, if, she, if Abby Johnson can do this and totally disrupt her entire life, I can do this too. Yeah. How do I do this? And now they're, they're stepping out of their comfort zone and, and making that happen. And that's, that's the blessing of unplanned. I don't necessarily think it's going to change the the militant pro-abortion person mm. as much as it is it's going to to rise up an army of of people who are complacent thinking that somebody was taking care of that the people right. on the fence exactly people right there on the right. fence just right. don't know and in, and in that process some of those women are going to be abortion survivors or yeah. uh you know and they're going to come into it want to volunteer their testimony will come out and then they'll go through recovery and they'll you know, so that movie yeah. is brilliant. That movie is about a woman in crisis. 
that right. that woman that it's 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 about the abortion movement, but it's about a woman in crisis and Abby Johnson. Hmm. That yeah. Well, and, and you know, I know that uh, the the times seem to be changing to where even a conversation like this may be difficult to have, yes. even in the very near future. Yes. And Mike, you and I are going to talk about this in a future broadcast of yes. the culture that we live in, a Matthew seventeen seventeen culture, and and the intentionality that we have to have to seize these moments now yes. to, to convey this message Absolutely. for life. Yeah. Because it, for those who are listening, we're on the fence right now. You have to understand that this has been an issue since the beginning of time. This is something that even in Jeremiah chapter 31, where God condemned a nation because of how they were treating their children and sacrificing Mm -hmm. them to Molech. This is something that God brought wrath and destruction upon nations for. This is not a light issue. This is a serious one. Lives are being lost. Amen. Millions. And so you, Wade, you've been on the front line. Uh, You and Rich Bennett, of course, here in Colorado Springs, and the whole team there at at Life Network. And I just want to encourage our listeners that if you are going through uh, some maybe maybe you're just seeking answers. Maybe you just want have some questions. You want to get your church involved. Maybe uh, your family has questions, and you've had some of these discussions around the dinner table or what, whatever you may be in your spheres of influence, even on Facebook. And you you just want some real answers. I would encourage you to get in touch with Wade or the team there at Life Network, and you can visit their website at elifenetwork.com. Wade is a volunteer there. You work for a number of organizations all across the the country, and I'm I'm thrilled that you were even here today to be a part of this broadcast because God seems to be expanding your ministry and territory to keep going out there and serving, working with Save the Storks and many other organizations. So, Wade, thank you for being on Engage in Truth. Thank you for standing just so boldly and courageously on the front lines for the defense of the unborn, for moms in crisis, for families in need, and ultimately for life— a life that God so uh, loves that he would send his only begotten mm. son. Amen. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have Amen. everlasting life. And, and that's, that's the God whom we serve. So, Wade, thank you for being on Engage in Truth. Thank you. And for those, again, as you're listening to this, you want to learn more, elifenetwork.com is one place to get started. You can also visit Focus on the Family. Uh, you can learn more about Option Ultrasound there. They have an an entire array of resources, uh, the questions you may have, and you're seeking answers to when does life begin? Why defend life at all stages? You can find it there at focusonthefamily.com. And if you want to learn about our ministry, this is a program of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley. Our our services are at 10 a.m. on Sunday. You can learn more at calvaryfountain.com, calvaryfountain.com. We'd love to worship with you. We want to thank you for tuning in. God bless you.